ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Dion Time is here. That's right, we're talking Warlock on Kill by Kill's Patreon feed exclusive t chat time. <laughs> oh boy, it's, it sure is fun uh, to live in interesting times. This is Patrick Hamilton. Uh, I am one hand. Uh, and this is the time we get to, to break down a movie uh, in a less than formal way. And of course, there's only person, one person in this world that I trust to help me. When I get my uh, footprint nailed into the ground, she will hand me a plank of wood from a train car? That helps somehow. The one, the only, Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina? I'm good. I, I, I have my salt. I have my pair of, of uh, comically large Jim, Hen Jim Henson eyeballs. I, I, I'm ready. They were somehow carved out of a human head. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm ready. Eyes. I'm ready. Mm -hmm. Let, let's go. Uh, let's go find the the, the, the grand grimoire together. <laughs> I love that he says that out loud to somebody at one the latter point of the movie. The guy's like. All right, time to unlock this church. <laughs> the guy is running around in rabbit furs. What are we fucking doing here? No one gives him a second look at all. Well, like, it's it's yeah. it's, you know, it's the crazy eighties, man. I mean, come on. He handed a blood soaked weather vane to a stewardess. She just took it like it was his carry on. <laughs> there is a level of nonplussed here. I I have rarely come across. Although one of my notes here is. This movie is my kind of stupid. So yes. I, I would give it a, a right up front. If anyone's worried, oh, is this a movie that Patrick's not going to like? I do like it. It is really fucking weird. <laughs> uh, here's the deal, though, Gina. I don't want you to be scared. These are frightening times, but we are not alone on Patreon. That's correct. We have a special guest. She is a returning champion, and she appears uh, in the notes to be the number one warlock fan of all time. <laughs> the one, the only, Megan Sunday. How are you doing today, Megan? I am doing great, and it's true. I love <laughs> warlock. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, when we, oh wait, we should say that this is um, the the person who won our drawing this month, a uh, God, I lost track of her name. I knew I had it written down somewhere. Um, uh, this is Tara. Tara's pick. Uh, she gave us either Fan of the Paradise or Warlock. And as soon as I saw Warlock, I was like, we're doing Warlock, and we're asking Megan to be on the show with us. <laughs> I believe my exact words to Patrick and our chat about it was, we have to have Megan on or she will never forgive me. <laughs> I mean, there might so, have been a moment if I pulled it up and it was like, oh, there's a new Patreon. Warlock. <laughs> I see. Those motherfuckers. <laughs> so How'd you we, like Warlock, Gina? <laughs> you just look behind you on the street and I'd just be standing there. <laughs> um, so, Megan, when was the first... Because my first time watching Warlock was a couple hours ago. So... <laughs> Um, when was your first time watching Warlock and how, how did it cast its spell upon you? Uh, I probably first saw this movie on like the USA Network uh, when I was 12 or 13. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just thought, wow, 
this is the greatest movie I've ever seen, and that blonde guy is the hottest guy I've ever seen. <laughs> I should see his entire filmography, which is weird. Yeah, he's done some weird shit, oh, yeah. especially he... in the 80s. Yeah, you have, like, the nice 80s. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, it's a room with a view. It's it's great. You see him naked. Hey, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, then it's the 80s. So there's that vampire movie. There's this. There's World Off the Armageddon, in which there's, he also gets naked. There's gothic. Yeah. Gothic. yeah he's with, naked with, in that one, too, right? He's like, with, every, everybody, was, everybody was naked in that yeah. one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm dying for someone to, to give that to us one, you know, one <laughs> um, Patreon drawing, because holy moly. And like this was in the, the latter the latter phase, but I still was like I'm loyal. I've got to see this the uh, the Dario Argento Phantom of the Opera, oh, in which yeah. he kind of has sex with rats. <laughs> well, wait, well, time out. Hmm. When you say kinda has sex with rats, he's he's sort of like they raised him in the sewer because sure, why not? And <laughs> what did they get out of it outside of Julian Sands' attention? That's I think really all of all of it. Okay. And this kind of coalesced in my sort of late 90s. It's Julian Sands and also the Phantom of the Opera because I am very basic. <laughs> and so I watched it and he's kind of like masturbating, but the rats are crawling on him. Mm. And as, one, not, as one does. <laughs> he does not dissuade them from doing so. And Christine is watching the whole time. And because it is that layer of Argento weirdness, it is Asia. Because why wouldn't you yeah. cast your own daughter in that? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And in <laughs> the eighth grade, <laughs> I oh went to a slumber party where I told my friends that we should get her my friend's mom to rent us a rated R movie uh-huh. and I talked them into renting Boxing Helen. <laughs> oh, good heavens. Oh, holy hell. Are you serious? <laughs> what? I couldn't convince my mom to let me see King Kong, the 76 edition. You're telling me you got another parent to rent Boxing Helena? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Some things are easier for girls than for boys, Patrick. You have to understand. It's an art film. Well, it's David Lynch or someone related to David Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's the Bill younger Paxton. Lynch. Yeah. It's that one that bankrupted Kim Basinger. <laughs> well, she did buy an entire town before that. So she was this is cash poor from buying a town. <laughs> Who wouldn't buy a town if they were, if one was available? I was locked in a family trip to Calgary, Alberta, and I had two things a a cassette of Guy, the R&B group Guy, (laughs) and one premiere magazine, which had a feature on Kim Basinger in which she talked about buying this town. And the reporter's like, I don't know what the fuck she's going to do with this town. This seems like a bad idea. And I think I memorized it at a certain point because they were the only things holding me back from going insane. <laughs> and I also, because I, of course, have more are we than Are one. we up to ninth grade yet? Or are we still in eighth grade? <laughs> Actually, maybe. Um, I learned via the TV guide, which for kids, that was a paper thing that came in the mail. <laughs> and it told you it was on TV. Uh-huh. Uh, and I saw that while I was going to be away at summer camp, TBS was going to be showing Warlock the Armageddon. 
And I was like, well, I have to see this. And my parents, my parents wouldn't rent me rated R movies. So this is my only hope. So I, at the time I lived in North Carolina and I wrote to my best friend who lived in Pennsylvania and told her this. So she taped it for me off of TBS and mailed it to me at camp so that our parents wouldn't find out. Amazing. Oh, I love it. God. Thanks, love Alyssa. Wow. <laughs> that is a good friend. It was. You, you yeah. found a good one. I mean, my, my story is, the, I, mean, I I actually just saw it in the theater. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, 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 I mentioned several times that I grew up in a, uh, in a town in which there was nothing to do but go to the movies. So probably between 1989 and 1995, I saw almost every single major theatrical release in a theater like every time like my comfort food and i've been watching it a lot recently um are old commercial blocks and and lately i've been watching from the 90s and i'm like yep saw that one in the theater the good son <laughs> yeah saw that in the theater you know? <laughs> oh my i don't know how i missed this one. Oh, well i think i do i have an allergic reaction to high fantasy so whether or not I don't know that this necessarily applies to me. This feels like someone watched the Terminator and like, why don't we do that? But with like a long haired blonde guy and like throw some pretty and pink in there. What the fuck? Let's, <laughs> let's do, let's do the Terminator. If everybody wanted to fuck the Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> well, that assumes that no one wanted to fuck the Terminator in the Terminator. And well, I, nobody I was giving him like, 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 Come hither stairs and you know, hum and hum and hum and hum. Or saying, or saying, grope instead of group. I, I, I yes. yeah, I usually have gropes. I mean, group oh. sessions. <laughs> that is not a Freudian slip for Mary Warnock. I think that's just standard operating procedural. I think it is too. Oh yeah, I think that she, if Mary Warnock wanted to fuck you, she'd just come right out and say it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um. So anything with like a dragon or a wizard in it, I kind of just go, it's not for me. So you've never has nothing to do with the the quality of the material itself. It's just one of those things that my brain just doesn't grasp onto as (laughs) (laughs) So we're never going to have it. You're telling me, Patrick, right here now, we're never going to have an episode on heavy metal. Oh, that would be so beautiful. No, because there's sci-fi involved in that. Once so you introduce sci-fi into it, I'm more into. It. I think the the one premier example of something that I'm willing to watch over and over again, which is definitely high fantasy, is Conan the Barbarian. For whatever reason, it's just it's so early '80s universal that I'm in. It's just an aesthetic I'm into, but. Uh, for whatever reason, like I lasted six episodes of Game of Thrones. Like it's just I tried, I tried, I keep going back. Well, I think a lot of those. I think the problem with a lot of that that genre is you run into a lot of the rapey stuff, and and, yeah. and it, it it tends to be by nature very misogynist, and and it's this isn't. I mean, it isn't. It isn't that bad about that. I mean, no one gets raped in it, thank God. Um, yeah. I mean, Laurie Singer's character is dreadful. But you know, I, I think. But it's also it's also very in, indicative of the time. I, I, I yeah. I, I wrote down that she was kind of a combination of Willie Scott and and Melanie Griffith's character in Something Wild. <laughs> sure, sure. But yeah, certainly in the clothes. She's twenty. Yeah. 
you know, and I think oh. we're supposed to just think she's 20 and mm. what does she know about anything? She went to two years of high school and she can tell him <laughs> whatever he wants to know. Oh she's like very God. much the comic relief, whereas uh, uh, Julian Sands and Richard E. Grant are playing it so straight. Oh my God. And, and she's I'm, trapped between the two of them. I, I love how straight they're playing it. It, it, it just like, it, it makes me, it just makes me giddy how seriously they're <laughs> taking it. I think it is what elevates this from what would be a very slow going action adventure thriller. I mean, for Steve Miner, Mm -hmm. Steve Buttshot (laughs) Miner, this movie is lacking particularly in butt shots, although it is trying desperately. It is lacking butt shots of everyone. And there are three great butts up there to look at and it's covered in rabbit fur or swathed in loose black cotton. Like, come on. Or, or, or plastic, together. just plastic mini skirts. <sighs> yeah. It's just terrible. Which is why the I think for the, is. you know, the sequel, they go, I think it opens with nude, bloody Julian Sands. Like, I don't know. Someone there make it. got it. Holy shit. Uh, yeah. Um, like, Julian, so, will you do nudity? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I, I already was. Nude. <laughs> yeah. uh, the driver dropped me off nude. The only reason I have his clothes is you hand them to me. <laughs> I thought this is how you make movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, I, for whatever reason, there's what really drives it is those two performances. If you were to take either one of them out, I don't think this is such a fantastic concept or such a impeccable you know 80 late 80s early 90s adventure that you'd just be into it it has a very languid pace to it but what you're hanging on is richard e grant and julian sands absolutely committing to bat shit <laughs> that, had, that had to have been my first time seeing a movie with Richard E. Grant because there's no fucking way I was cool enough to watch watch with Nail and I as a teenager. Yeah, we're in the same boat there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so that had to have been the first time I'd seen him in anything, and he's just like again, one hundred percent straight in in, in 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 this ridiculous character who is wearing like seventeen different pelts. <laughs> And no one ever gives him a second look. It's just there's assumed that this man who has wandered out of the north of, you know, hunting the mammoth or whatever the fuck. (laughs) They're like, "Ah," you know, just get in the back of the police car. No one cares what he obviously looks like, which is a crazy person. There's just like another one of these pelt guys. Like the taxi driver later, like, oh, California. I can yeah. tell. This is yeah, how you ev- all look. Yeah, evidently he, he shows up in the middle of a crime scene, but he's never, I guess he's never questioned about it because they just let him go later. Well, he's apparently he doesn't fit their uh, prescribed designation for this murder, which is it must be someone who slept with this gay man. Yeah. Well, and that's okay the, because the movie's most ooftastic moment. Yeah, the, the movie's mm-hmm. the movie's most. Oh, right, the eighties. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Although I did like that, you know, they have her defending that and being against that kind of attitude, where she's just like, "Yeah, he's gay. That doesn't mean that you know he knows criminals or that he's a pervert or he yeah, would have picked also, up anyone that would have killed him." Yet it also takes her an implausibly long time to think. Wait a minute. Maybe it might have been that guy who appeared in the middle of our living room out of nowhere. Yeah. 
literally blown into your living room. Then slept and in your like, bed. Yeah. Just, Ew. this is what happens. This is what happens in the late fall in yeah. California. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't help but notice that not only is this the second movie we've done for Patreon in which a character dials 911 and is given a hold message. <laughs> It is also the second Patriot movie in which the Santa Ana winds play a somewhat significant role in the plot. The 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 other movie was Doppelganger, yeah. which which was which you know these incredible winds blowing was you know a portent of things to come. Now, Patrick, you've grown up on the West Coast. Yes, please tell yes. us more about these magical, mystical mm-hmm. Santa Ana winds. Yeah. Okay. So the the Santa Ana winds occur. Um, because summer really doesn't start for us until the end of July. So really when we hit like the hottest it ever gets, it's really going into September and October, which is super weird because everyone else is like, oh, I want a cup of tea and let me get in a shawl and the leaves are falling. And here we're sweating fucking buckets. What happens is the wind doesn't come onshore from the Pacific Ocean. It comes offshore. It flows over the desert. And so you get hot, dry fucking winds, which when I was growing up meant once every couple years, we would have a really bad forest fire. But now, because they've put power lines everywhere, every year we get multiple terrible forest fires. Because apparently making safe power lines is too expensive for the power company which means that maybe we shouldn't have private power companies. But that's neither here nor there. Um, yes, but, but, but have, they have... Ever, have they ever sent you know, evil time travelers hurtling through your living room window? All the oh, yeah. fucking time. <laughs> this place is rife with magical time travelers. I can't tell you how many I've hit with my car personally. <laughs> they... They actually don't seem too surprised that anyone fell through their window. No, Time it's traveler like, or no. It's like something that just happens. Yeah. Um, like, oh, it's October. Here's blonde guys come through your window. <laughs> so we just flung through our, our front window. <laughs> and he's like, why don't we put them out on the porch? Oh, no, 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 no. Let's bring him in. If it's cold out there, bring him in. <laughs> Jesus Christ could sleep in your room uh, yeah. because I'm your uh, landlord, so I can just say that. <laughs> we, could, we could sleep in your room, which has Cupid dolls nailed to the wall, and you, mm. use, a, you use a bag of rice for a pillow. <laughs> Multiple rice bags for pillows. <laughs> She's just so quirky. She is very quirky. It's very gina davis and earth girls are easy yes, yes. that's what that's the other one i was trying to think of but she's she is wearing a terrible wig that oh, that, yeah. that is that portends uh Lilu dallas in the fifth element <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't do great things for her coloring it's a terrible oh. choice all around this is now six years on from her tour de force and and footloose um and uh, Lori Singer's not not great in this no. movie. Mm-mm. No, she she's not. She's no. trying very hard to be kind of like a little you know screwball and and coming up with the wisecracks, but also the movie can't decide she's supposed to be stupid or not. So so she <laughs> yeah. kind of she kind of 
goes back and forth between being as dumb or as smart as the script needs her to be at any given time. Mm-hmm. She's not even it, particularly street smart. No. She's, she's no. almost running down old ladies in her car. <laughs> she does say something at one point that I wanted to run past you guys because I didn't quite understand it. And it has to do with her and this magical MasterCard that she has. <laughs> she explains credit to Richard E. Grant. Again, he's in a car in which there are no horses in front of it. And he doesn't bat an eye. Airplanes? Holy shit, that's the devil. Cars? Doesn't seem to phase him. Uh, That's neither here nor there. She's explaining credit. That you could basically use it as money up until the point you hit your limit. And then, quote, it's $50 a whack. (laughs) What is she whacking for those $50? I think she's saying, you know, that it's like 50 bucks a pop. But she's saying a whack. I guess she means that you you pay the bill down $50 at a time? Yeah, she's not great with her financial Well, I mean, you know, she, she doesn't have to be because this is a time where if you are trying to pay for airline tickets, if you just <laughs> unplug the credit card machine, mm-hmm. the, 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 yeah. the, the ticket person will be like, yeah, you know, it's all right, just take it. Yeah. <laughs> You're good for it, right? You showed me a credit card. I'm, I'm, you I'm annoyed by, by how much, you know... But by how much you know, I could have just ripped various businesses off just by unplugging a credit card machine in the eighties. She also refers to it as a computer, which is that yeah, no, no honey, no, that is not a computer. No, it's just it's a, a credit it's, card. It's machine. a credit card machine. <laughs> and even though he should have no comprehension of what she's just done, Richard E. Grant is looking yeah. at her like, <laughs> "Look what you did!" Like that's my girl. Like, no, why aren't you a little more? F- like confused yes i i have uh, to admit that the, i have to admit that the way he he reacts to to flying i i felt that in my soul just the the, <laughs> the sweating and, and the desperately trying to open a window that that's that's me trying to fly <laughs> i want answers from the guy in first class who's barefoot Oh yeah! Put your damn shoes on. I I just Mm. forgot there was a time in my lifetime where you could smoke on airplanes. Yeah, I I thought it was insane that it might still be happening in 1990. That sounds crazy. And that plane, that plane was enormous. They're both like they're both walking in different sections of the plane. (laughs) Straight out of Airport 77. It's one of those motherfuckers that can go underwater and just survive. She's double decker first class where you just walk through. It's not just six seats in the front. Yeah, she's been one section. There's like a spiral staircase behind her. They're flying from Colorado to Boston in a plane that should be going transatlantic. That's like you're going to Singapore or something. (laughs) Yeah, the last time I flew on a a plane that had two decks on it, I was going to Osaka. Yeah, like that's... And no one needs any identification because he certainly doesn't have any. Yes. He has a weather vane. He has a weather vane. Yeah, it's a guy dressed in rabbit fur and like, come aboard, man, holding giant weather vane. But he's got like, that that baby face. He's such a little cutie pie. Hey, yeah, yeah, he's a he's a prankster. That one. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Speaking of flying, um, let's 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 go back to the formula in which warlocks can fly, mm-hmm. which I did not know until this movie. 
And apparently, all it takes is unbaptized boy fat. <laughs> unbaptized boy I fat gotta, gives I you wings. I, I got yeah, yeah. I gotta tell you, I looked up some of the stuff they mentioned, and whoever uh-huh. was, was it, Steve Miner that wrote the script? No, it was no, someone it's else. David Twothy. They yeah. did their research because because. Mm-hmm. Because they were like, oh, we're going to set you on fire over a basket of cats. And I'm like, wait, that doesn't sound, that sounds like something you made up. And yeah, nope. what the cats do to deserve that? Nope. The, everything, like the, the nailing of the feet, that was a mm-hmm. real thing. The, yeah, the, toe, I mean, it, the toe things. And when he goes to the fake psychic, he is actually, he's using the appropriate kind of quartz crystal point that you would do, that you would use to try to channel a spirit. Yeah, they actually, oh. the person who did it, he did some research, shockingly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, as Megan mentioned, the, the the witch opens with her making a flying potion out of baby fat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. I, just like, I, do boy like, I do like how he just, you know, you know melts down this fat, just like sips it, a little you know, look of satisfaction on his, on his oh face. Oh my god, that poor like kid, he just wanted to play football with them. Like, <laughs> like he's sip, sipping on a cup of you know, Tetley, like, hmm. That goes down smooth. <laughs> I like I mean, that he's actually just kind of hanging out with this kid until he finds out he's not baptized. He's just sort of yeah. like, hey, dude, what's up? Like, up until that point, he's like, maybe I take this kid under my wing. Maybe yeah. I teach him <laughs> the wares, you know? Like, he's blonde. I pass on some things. <laughs> I feel more a part of this earthly realm I want to destroy. Like, you know, do something. <laughs> I need, with my I need life. an he's apprentice. Like, Wait yeah. a second, you're unbaptized? How fat is you? <laughs> <laughs> Kid. I could probably Come get a on. cup or so up of you. <laughs> and then they think that the coyotes eat skin. I this is not that's the terrible cover story. I I've met some coyotes. Everyone, <laughs> um, <laughs> they like stray dogs and cats, and they're afraid of skunks. They, they don't eat. They don't it. eat children, though. No, they tend not to eat the skin off of rando children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I like the, this the horrible stuff that he's done is sort of more hinted at mostly because it does involve like kids and or poor Chaz where he apparently not only bit out Chaz's tongue, he like was just biting the back of his neck. Yeah. Which I was like, all right, that's a little bit of extra. He was already dead and you were cooking his tongue. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. That, that, that scene kills me because Chaz, there's like, I've seen he's putting a, lot of- a lot of salt in that omelet. He is, and yes. I've seen a lot of horror movies, and that is not nearly enough blood or screaming for someone biting another person's tongue out. He just looks kind of surprised, like, wow. like you know, like, like, like you know, oh, you bit my finger. Oh, now you want to kiss me? Okay. <laughs> you know, like... I mean, to be fair, I might fall for it. I'm going to be honest with all of you. Like, well, I guess you really like that right ring up until the biting of tongues. Yeah, I mean, he had to yeah. get that tongue out. anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, it's that part. And just the fact that this guy has apparently been in the house. Chaz has forgotten, I guess, to look and see if this stranger has left. And then is promptly just like, so, look at you. Like, Chaz, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I read, mean. Read the gift of fear, Chaz. Yeah, if you, yeah. Yeah, you've been flung through my uh, my my window. Once you're awake, he's like, "How are you feeling? Good, good. Okay, well, there's a front door. Okay, here's twenty five cents for a phone. Okay, bye. Good luck." You slam yeah. the door, calls locksmith. Yeah, not. Oh, don't worry. I'm making the world's weirdest omelet, so I can make you some too. <laughs> yeah, but and he's also on his way downtown. 
but you're making an omelet. You're making well. Yeah, like, you take an omelet to go. Don't you remember that? that <laughs> don't, don't, you, don't you remember that that chain of eighties restaurants? Omelet to go, Patrick. To go? Uh, you mean a to go omelet? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, everyone had a to go omelet back in the day. It's like they, a McDLT. They desperately needed a reason for him to have those knives out. They're like, I don't know. What would you be chopping in the morning? He's in a kitchen. You don't know. You don't need a reason. You yeah, can just, just have, have a knife block. Also, also, um, uh, uh, the warlock. He he seems way more chill about these circumstances he finds himself in than Richard E. Grant's character uh, Redfern does. He just sort of like looks at the date. He's like, Is that the date? Could that be the year? Okay, I'm gonna take a nap Sweet. now. You know? <laughs> I do. I do wonder if that's the reason why he's stealing the ring. Is he is he stealing the ring and cutting out his tongue in order to gain some sort of knowledge, and we're just not told about it? I, I think that the I think he's established it's just establishing that he is indeed a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just really okay. liked that ring. Oh yeah, also that ring is fucking cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> that is a very large ring. ring to not be able to get off your hand. Like, <laughs> oh, I broke my finger, and now this giant ring is on it all the time. Like, oh. I have to live with this gigantic pinky ring. Like, come <laughs> on. <a> scorpion. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of story. That's ten bucks worth of story for a one dollar ring in my book. But I, I appreciate that the warlock even being from 1691 is clearly just like oh this guy is gay fine yeah yeah he's not too bad as as far as as <laughs> right. you know being being you know he he could have been a a just a a, a collection of stereotypes mm-hmm. like you know he never calls i don't think he ever calls laurie sanders character honey or anything at any point he's he also he's, doesn't call her like girl as redfern does several times right yeah. he's pretty low-key <laughs> i mean yeah he definitely un- undresses uh uh julian's hands with his eyes but who doesn't in this movie <laughs> it's true i mean even even the amish man is just kind of lost in his eyes for, like, please please <laughs> Mennonite. Mennonite, yes. sorry. Let's, which yes. which but, he wouldn't know because there were not Amish people or Mennonites in 1691. <laughs> I read a lot of those Amish fiction novels, so I know about the Amish uh, in that I've read the Wikipedia so that I can follow things in books. And yeah, they they had not broken off yet. <laughs> Oops. Uh, so we, we don't okay, have so a deadly blessing situation happening here. Okay, so they didn't entirely do their homework, but... No. <laughs> I like that they clarify that point, though. I like that little exchange. <laughs> He's just like, oh, are you Amish? I'm Mennonite. Let's shake hands. <laughs> Works for me. I'm here to help you with your witch situation. <laughs> you got you got a... Who are you going to call? A guy in uh, pelts on his coat. <laughs> I mean, this walk into this farmhouse and he's just like, what's up? You guys need help? There's a witch? Like, uh-huh. what? Uh, poor wife is trying a, to make biscuits. He threw up a hex symbol, so here I am. Got some curdled milk? Here I be. <laughs> if a on horse the sweats in the morning? Yeah. That's all it takes? A that's... sweaty fucking morning horse? It all means right. that the witch was, like, harassing it at night. <laughs> Someone harassing didn't read a lot it? of teen novels directed at girls that were all about witchcraft. <laughs> that someone is Patrick Hamilton. <laughs> well, give me a reading list and I'll start going through it. Clearly Patrick never had a crush um, on like the cool witchy chick in his uh in his homeroom in high school. Yeah. 
No, no. Uh, no. No, I don't think I did. I like that Redfern calls out Cassandra for wearing makeup, which she barely is at that point, but not for her mini skirt and or crop top. <laughs> I guess that part he's fine with. He's like, say. Yeah. Like, silver plastic skirt. And he's like, oh, some rouge. Well, end, Hello. The warlock is like, look at all this. Oh, I'm going to be killing, you know, dig these legs and everything. So I think he was sort of like, well, this part of the future seems okay. <laughs> Just uh, see one more th- legs. One more thing about that kid that gets killed for his baby fat. Um, there's a he gives Tampa Bay a serious burn. Uh he does. Yeah. Uh, but I it mean, was 1989. If I were Tampa so Bay, fair. I would feel roasted. They should. Yes. <laughs> that was uh, not the Bucks' finest time, nor has it been for quite some time. Quick question: mm. um, Is Lori Singer actually getting older, or is she just allergic <laughs> to peanuts? <laughs> Well, here's the thing. I, I, you know, she now the interesting thing is she's playing 20, though she herself was in her 30s at the time making this movie. Okay. And looks, you know, I guess she looks reasonably, she passes for 20. All right, I guess. Certainly better than, than, uh. She passes for 20s. Yeah. Like, she's fine. She's perfectly youthful looking individual. She, she turns, she, he, uh, Julian Sands' character cast a spell on her in which she ages uh, uh, two two decades a day or whatever flowery old old tiny crazy <laughs> he used for it yeah. um she wakes up the next morning with like emmy lou harris hair <laughs> it's like well it's really strange because when she wakes up like her hair is all the way down to her ankles and yet at some point like the next scene it's like maybe like, you know, about halfway down her back you know, she looks she mostly just looks tired and, yeah. and and she has these amazing Lee press on nails, <laughs> which are also gone by the next scene. She she apparently in her hysteria took some time to trim down her nails and do something about that like <laughs> Sedona hippie mom hair uh, hairstyle, and you know for whatever reason her voice is a little hoarse. Which yeah. I'm yeah. not sure. I, I mean, my it's voice, old lady voice. Yeah, I don't think my voice changed all that much from my twenties to my forties. Yeah, um, I mean, I always kind of had a weird B. Arthur voice when I was a teenager. <laughs> um, but then she, the next day, she turns sixty, and like her face is melting off. Yeah, yeah. And there's not ta- much difference she's between talking like this. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you're only sixty. You know? <laughs> I mean, sixty was not that old in 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 1989. That no. Was, yeah, I mean. Our grandparents were like in their sixties in like nineteen eighty nine, and none of them were like all shriveled and you know hunched over. And uh, the go golden on with... girls are in their fifties. Yeah, go, go, leave me. I can't go on. You know. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> oh yeah, she's the Aunt May old. Like now, her body hasn't doesn't... changed at all. Let let let's no. let's point that she's still got the little flat little tummy. And which has remained, which has remained unwrinkled somehow, which is fucking bullshit. Let me tell you, she's got old hands though. Sometimes, sometimes, in some scenes she has. Um, But yeah, this this face just sagging off of her skull. The trivia told me that they had the makeup all set, but then she refused to wear some of it. So I guess they had to do what they could because she refused. It didn't help. She should have gone whole hog. She, she I mean, you're standing like there with she... two people who are going whole hog, and you yeah. know that at the third act point, like, you're getting back, you're going back. So why not just do it? 
She this looks halfway she, she, measure. Yeah. She honestly looks like she's just gonna stop in the middle of the seat and just like pull it off like she's wearing a disguise. Yeah. <laughs> like like in car like in, in movie she's wearing a disguise. There are scenes when she's sixty when her neck is even blended. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's a lot of it's very weird. All the appliance work in this movie has a greenish tint to it. It's like they, they got it all out of the same kit. So her makeup, old age makeup, and Mary Warnov's I'm a demon now makeup aren't particularly different with the exception of teeth. Like they're kind of the same. Yeah. They're oh just... my god, Mary Warnov's like Halloween costume teeth are are amazing. <laughs> I like to think that she you can just see was her bored. actual teeth underneath. <laughs> she was like, sure I'll be in that. I have to do what? Okay. <laughs> it's like when she's in chopping mall. Yes. No, she is it a paying gig like up front? Yeah, yeah I'm in. No, I'll, I'm a one scene wonder. I'll do it for mm-hmm. you. I, I've got my comically scary teeth to put in. <laughs> I'm just so horny. I can't talk right. <laughs> Again, she is to be forgiven. It is Julian Sands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's true. I, can we talk a little bit about this Mennonite attic uh, standoff? <laughs> because there's there's a lot going on here that I don't I'm not quite sure. He sees and this Mennonite guy, and I'm Team Mennonite. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but he mm-hmm. sees that the the milk is curdled and he got a sweaty horse and you got an attic door that seems to be open. He nails that bit shut, and then he's and it's, then Richard E. Grant comes in and is like, hey. I heard I heard I heard you got a witch problem. Where it at? I'm all over it. They got up to the attic, and apparently, uh, the nails shutting the door. Uh, he's found an out, and that is to open a window. So change of plans, everyone. The warlock knows window tech. <laughs> no one thought of this. <laughs> no one thought this was a possibility that the pane of glass that you can see through he can like you know what i can do just go through that motherfucker right there like they had glass he knows what glass <laughs> yes. is they had glass in they didn't have a lot of it to be fair yeah. uh i wish there Great had been a little bit more part. of that because i really like the part when he brings out the salt container and is like is this all yours <laughs> like well holy shit this is a lot of salt this is awesome <laughs> Are you like a salt millionaire? Because... Yeah, how rich are you? <laughs> is, your hus- is your husband very rich? <laughs> Do you have your own spoon? Because uh, that you might, you might be a spoon millionaire as well, uh, on top of the salt. Yeah, but that whole attic sequence, no one stops to think that he might be hiding. <laughs> They're just no. like Richardy Redfern's reading parts of the Grand Grimoire. He realizes that that's what the warlock is doing because he wants to get adopted by Satan. And then he's just like, well, I don't know where he went, guys, but he left this behind. And it has to be Cassandra who's like, why would he leave it behind? Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the movie, she's only as dumb as the movie needs her to be. And when they, yeah. the movie needs her to wise up, all of a sudden she's like, she's, isn't this suddenly obvious? And everyone's like, oops. She's also only as diabetic as the movie needs her to be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they really go out of the way out of the way to, to, to establish that she's a diabetic. Yeah. Because it turns, she... out, it turns out to be like Chekhov's insulin needle. <laughs> which is good, which I like. And I like. Yeah, that's that it, clever. It's clever. I like that you see her come up with the idea where she's just like, hey, yeah. hold on. 
But yeah, just the fact that for half of the movie, she's just like, oh, right, my insulin. It's like, I'm pretty sure you're on a schedule with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah uh, one yeah. thing I really like about this movie, and I, and I do genuinely like it. I mean, it's dumb as hell, but but I, mm-hmm. I, I, do, I do genuinely enjoy it. Is I just love how pleased Julian Sands looks with himself whenever he gets a spell right. Yeah. Like like when he <laughs> when he like just starts making stuff happen, he just has a little like pleased little smile on his face. Like he he's just like he's fascinated by this witchcraft, and I, and I like that. You, you don't want to be cynical about your magical powers. You always want to have that that boyish sense of wonder. Yeah, he's well, like, really making it happen. From the very beginning, when they have their first standoff in the past, when all of the like Puritan judges or whatever leave, and he's just like, they were really scared of me, huh? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And Redford's like, I don't need this. I don't need to like, you know, <laughs> need to jive with you right now. I don't need this taunting bullshit. It's a real 48 hours relationship. They yeah. got there. Like, I'm not your buddy. I'm not your pal. And I'm not your friend. I'm certainly not your partner. But, I mean, but he gets it back when he's just like, well, you think I'm going to die. And he's just like, yeah, but you've been here for three days. So I kind of think Satan would have saved you already if he gave a shit. <laughs> <laughs> sucks to um, be you. More, more movies should have characters talk with pennies in their mouth. It's a great way to get dialogue across. <laughs> it doesn't make anyone look totally fucking stupid. And he should have mentioned not to look him in the eyes previous yeah. to that. Yeah. Him. Yeah. He kind of says don't look at him in the eye with, with fear. He doesn't really go. Well, just, how like, are you supposed avoid. to look at him otherwise? I mean, just lust. Fl- well, yes. <laughs> but he just flew uh, across. He just flew out of the barn directly towards them. Yeah, when he gets harpooned, I... and then and then he whips his 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 uh, foot that whip and gets dragged across a kale patch, and <laughs> suddenly in the middle of my living room, I'm singing "Let's go fly a kite," and Becky's like, "What the fuck are you doing? Why are you all out of nowhere singing this?" I'm like, "Oh, it's warlock. It's a warlock thing." <laughs> so, yeah, the the flying is never quite amazing no Uh, i did learn another fun trivia piece about the flying which was that apparently the scene when he flies out of the the cargo hold of the airplane they had to get actual airline employees because the actors couldn't figure out how to open it (laughs) (laughs) he does kind of have a little bit of like a peter pan sort of stance when he flies yeah which is which i'm like i don't know if that's like the the generally approved stance for flying you you you've got that, and you've got like the Superman just kind of go you know, completely horizontal mm-hmm. with the hands out thing. But he but he's like completely Peter Pan. No, it, it it's it's half ninja. It's kind of like a, he's dabbing a little. Bit. It, yeah, it's true. And he stuffs and, all the book down his shirt, which I like. I like that he's yeah. not just he doesn't have a bag like Redfern. He didn't pack. <laughs> no, his his clothes are his his backpack. Mm-hmm. Um, which brings to mind another thing that I couldn't quite grasp. And that is they get on this airplane to fly from Colorado to Boston, the world's largest airplane. Uh, Warlock is down there underneath the, the, in the baggage hold. Not getting cold. He, apparently. No. Mm-hmm. Well, he, how can you be cold when you got fire coming out of your hands? Oh, that's true. Yeah. He did. He was cook a, fire a purse spot. and get porridge out of it. What the fuck is he? Yeah, eating what was that? That <laughs> I think he's eating like curdled milk. Out of a bag? Look, I like this movie, but I didn't write it. 
But just like all of a sudden he's like, I'm cooking, 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 mashed potato time. What? What? <laughs> he learned about instant mashed potatoes. He's in the future. He was like, holy shit. <laughs> Gonna have I some of get these. On <laughs> yeah, it's and like go- in uh, the drawing of the three when the gunslinger discovers tuna fish. It is the most amazing thing he's ever had in his life. Oh, and Pepsi. Oh, so good. Oh, wish we could still drink it today, but we can't. Um, but no one, no one, like, Redford never eats. I would have liked to have seen a little more of him time traveling, but I guess it's also sort of like in the Terminator, like, Kyle Reese doesn't really get to, like, settle in for a piece of pizza or anything. No, but they're always running. That's the thing about the Terminators. Like, they Except can... when they fuck. But they're, they're, in a, they're in a water pipe. Like, that's the perfect time to fuck. Thank they you. don't fuck in the water pipe. They fuck yes, in they a do. hotel they fuck room. In the sewer. They do they're... not. It is no, a hotel not room. The, no, not in the hotel room. It's in a hotel room? Yes. The water pipe. The water pipe is where he, like talks about how he's carried the picture around and tells oh, her about the future. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's how you know okay. they're gonna fuck at some point. Yeah. But they, 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 no, the actual fucking takes place in a in It's a, like, in your a son gave me a picture of you that I've used to jerk off, and now I came <laughs> to the past to fuck you. I mean, you know, those are just, you know, sweet, tender words. <laughs> I'm glad my mom resist? just never listened to me on a podcast, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, she can this time, if she's a $5 and up paid. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Put her money where her mouth is, and let's see. Put this one behind a paywall. <laughs> um, it, it, it is true that as soon as we dropped the eighteen and over designation, all all of our episodes just got way looter. <laughs> not, not, not intentionally; it just kind of happened that way. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like oh, welcome to kill by kill. Fuck piss shit, motherfucker. Fuck piss. <laughs> I feel like those have always been tenants of the actual mainline show that is available for free for everyone. Well, for me personally, it is mostly just because I guard my language so much because I have a three-year-old that when I'm not talking to a three-year-old, it's just like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Me like, oh, here it comes. (laughs) Just bubbling out. I can't say this during the day because she will say it. (laughs) oh boy um this movie this movie for supposedly taking place partially in boston lacks a lot of dunkin donuts (laughs) it doesn't feel very boston it's a shockingly empty boston is yes like the only other the only people they encounter in boston are like a cab driver and a priest a a cab driver who uh, accuses them of being lakers which like uh this Saying I would like you to go west right now is not necessarily a demand of one particular NBA team in the Western Conference. You hate Lakers because we beat your ass. That's why you hate the Lakers. Not that we've done it lately. (laughs) I did Um, like that he kind of knew Boston. It was also kind of confused, which would make sense. Yeah. Sometimes I see... And that is... Boston is, kind of, I mean, with the like if you if you sucked all the people into a pipe and and they went away, Boston is uh, that's not true, uh, but is a lovely town. Boston is is where it feels very anti Los Angeles. Los Angeles, we hate history. We try to bulldoze it if it's over thirty years old. Whereas Boston has to live with history, and it kind of does it so well where you feel like. 
oh, this country existed for a while. That's nice. That's really nice. So that is the part of it that I that I quite enjoy, that it gets that idea that Boston is, you can still feel parts of how old that city is. Whereas when it starts, it looks like Boston, Massachusetts is located in Bulgaria. <laughs> yeah, I think by 1691, Boston was still sort of a city. I don't know precisely, yeah. but I don't know that it was like, like Salem, like which is what? Yeah, it wasn't a, a collection of loose uh, windmills and Geese. then yeah, a guy who breeds cats just to stuff them into baskets. Yeah. Like, there's a little more going on than that. Uh, I did like that not everyone was dressed like a Puritan because I think movies tend to do that a yeah. lot, where it's like I don't know, it's the past, it's Massachusetts, everyone's a Puritan. Like, well, they probably were, but they weren't all dressed like that all the time. Like, no, who could afford that much black? <laughs> homespun so please. they yeah so so they go off to uh this graveyard where they think the third part of i'm not even going to get into the fucking priest who's having sex with the lady across the street what no what is they're married now? yeah i think he's, oh, supposed to be, I think he's, he's supposed to be an episcopalian yeah. priest that oh, always confused they, me as a kid because i was catholic and so it was like wait why does he have a pregnant lady living in his house uh but i paid more <laughs> yeah, attention I thought, was, I thought it was yeah they i thought it was be like a shocking Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, because I thought it was just be treated like a shocking reveal that oh, I know what you two have been doing, but no, she's just his wife. So yeah, I think they told. I think the warlock totally would have brought that up a bit more if it yeah, had been a priest. Yeah, yeah, and yet he never says like, "Do you want a third? Like, do you want to like thruple this? Because <laughs> like I might want to get involved." And that <laughs> seems like a very Julian Sands warlock thing to do. But he did. It's like ah, forget it. I got things to do. So, uh, Redfern and and Laurie Singer now not burdened with old age makeup, <laughs> get to this graveyard where only half of it is consecrated ground. So we're setting up some ground rules for the uh, this end fight, and they discover that they've started moving gravestones to make way for <laughs> a condo. Never ends very well. Poltergeist, very poltergeist twist. Yes, very. Um, and so they find red fern's actual gravesite and and that is richard e green like crumbles into a little boy he has an appropriately existential crisis i think or he's just <laughs> like oh, i don't know no 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 but this gives us the best acting we see out of laurie singer in the entire movie is her ew and peeling the skeleton hands off of the book that won't give up the book the old this skeleton won't let go of this book gag i love that gag. <laughs> i'm sorry i do i love that yeah. gag. no it's good this, and is I, the this is the best laurie does i, I especially movie. love i especially love it when when the person is pulling and looks like the skeletons are pulling it back from them <laughs> yeah. i love that gag so much and i i loved her like don't don't look no really don't no, uh, no. Like maybe you're not no. even in here. Yeah, don't look over here. Um. <laughs> I looked. I looked at yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Oh. Uh, but no, warlocks there. They miss with the weather vane harpooning. There's a lot of foot stabbing that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, Lori Singer gets thrown into the muddy waters of Boston Sound. Uh, she comes up looking no worse for wear. Uh, even her wig looks better wet. 
and we learn that uh, God's uh, hidden name is Jeff. It looks like Jeff at one point. <laughs> the God of Biscuits. I'm sure it's not Jeff. It just at one point in the metamorphosis, it appears to be Jeff. <laughs> there are a lot uh, of, like, it, the devil had a lot of really, like, complicated tasks for people in the 80s. Like, what is even happening yeah. in Prince of Darkness? I don't know. No one knows. I love that. <laughs> I love that movie, and and I still don't understand what's happening in it. I I I probably have seen it six or seven times. And if you were to ask me, Gina, what happens in Prince of Darkness? My answer would be, well, the devil jizzes in people's faces, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that makes them it, it turns them also into devils. Yeah. And then somebody, and then a guy has a bad dream. Yeah. <laughs> and that chick gets and, trapped and Al- in the and, other and, dimension, which is terrifying. And Alice, Co- and Alice Cooper yes, is there. Is. Yeah. And that chick. And it's no, great. That, and that it's chick goes, Maybe you were to ask me to explain the plot from A to B, I'd be like, no. <laughs> it's like, what What if God and the devil were math problems? Yeah. And you're like, you're going to make a movie out of that? <laughs> There's. You know, a, a thermos full of, of devil spooge, and and they're all entranced by it because it's sort of like a lava lamp. And I don't know, but it's great. It's great. It's, it's weirdly, it is... it's really fucking mm-hmm. creepy in a way that I that I cannot describe why it's creepy. And it's a classic hangout siege movie from Carpenter. It's just, what is the plan? I don't, I don't know that there's a plan necessarily, other than. You might want to think of it as like the de- the this that devil uh, shake machine <laughs> that keeps the the satanic um, you know mixture of of my tie together of a frozen pina colada. <laughs> um, that's like a time bomb about to go off, and and then once it just starts leaking, like it's time for Satan. That's <laughs> what happens. And then the end of it is so fucking creepy mm-hmm. and unnerving that it 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 buoys the entire thing. It's like I don't and know it's what the happened. Only good Alice Cooper performance. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I just know it was bad. <laughs> and in in Warlock, his goal is to assemble the three parts of this grimoire, which yes. were not hidden very well at all, and. No. Then it shows him the secret name of God, and then he has to say it backwards, which would be the part where I'd trip up. I'd be like, wait, wait, no, I'm going to sound this out. Whoa, whoa. Fedge? Eh? No. Fedge. And he has to say it incredibly, like, Halloween spooky spell beforehand. Like, it's so just, I don't know, what would a witch say? This, I guess. (laughs) Something about... Tarantulas and, and evil goats. And bats better scurry when I... <laughs> I always knew that was some kind of incantation. Oh, yeah, very much so. Uh, yeah, where is a basket of live cats when you need it to really, really? get this guy in the end? But the one, the the Chekhov salt really comes into play because we learn witches don't like salt and then we see whip salting mm-hmm. and then... Laurie Singer's like, aha, gross Boston water. Zoop in the in my uh, hypodermic needles, and I'm going to jam two of those into that guy's neck, and then whammo blammo, we got ourselves a bladder-tastic explosion. Mm-hmm. 
it's not bad. No, for, no, for, it's for, not for, bad at for all. like late eighties, it's not bad. Yeah. It's some good spooky yeah, like Ghostbusters sky clouds of evil. Yeah, always good. Very, very sky cloud. And then yeah, I will speak now as an angry thirteen year old. They don't even kiss. Sure. He like kisses her on the eyeball. He kisses her on the eyes. Which is a really weird moment. It's very weird. <laughs> and she's just like, why don't you kiss me? Like, let's kiss. <laughs> How about we yeah. kiss right now? We save well, he, the he's, world. He's devoted, he's devoted to Marion. But he's gonna but kiss her. Dead. He gives her that whole speech about, like, you know, if they just weren't, their times weren't so out of joint and blah, blah, blah. And he has the best teeth of 1691, so. Oh my god, his sure. teeth are amazing. Like that, that scene where he's like salting the leather. I'm like, how are your teeth that good? Because he's chewing on leather. <laughs> <laughs> leather and salt. Like, I read we Earth's Children. That's what Aylor did. Salt and... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, so... and then he disappears before they could even kiss. And it's very sad oh, to me. But he writes an inscription on his tombstone for her. <laughs> Is that as good as kissing? Uh, no. No. No, no, kissing is way better. And not just on your and eyes. You don't have to hide your erection behind a pillow when it's just to, uh, gravestone inscribing. No. <laughs> we we talk. We, this is a whole Freddy versus Jason reference. Mm. There's a lot of <laughs> hidden erections. <laughs> As opposed to part eight, in which the erection is just right out there. Yeah. He's on a boat. He doesn't have access to a pillow. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then she, uh, any other, and she realizes that she still has to get rid of this book. So she buries it in the salt flats. Yeah. seems like a good plan, right? Except I'm pretty sure that like a witch could just compel someone to go get it for them. But again, if they knew where it was, I read yeah. a lot of this sort of fantasy slash horror slash stuff so stop bragging about how you <laughs> learn to read and know I what read words classical are. literature <laughs> <laughs> i'm reading one right now about the star-crossed romance between a vampire and a valkyrie okay. and sure. i'm hoping it'll work out for those two. Oh, those crazy mm-hmm. kids the between the blood and taking souls to Valhalla, it's a whole deal. I know. When will they find time for love? I don't know. <laughs> Does the vampire make the horse sweat, or is that just a witch thing? Um. Well, until he met the Valkyrie, he didn't even have like a beating heart for erections, so that's all new for him. <laughs> so that's why my heart beats, right? That's. The, it's you mainly found... an erection based function. Well, it's because he found his true love. So see, that's why oh, Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. That's how love works. And this is a book, not one of those crazy make 'em up games. No, this is an entire series. Phone. There's like twelve of them. Oh where they're constantly falling in love or they they fall in love and then they, they meet a werewolf and they're like, I don't know, we might not have to see other Well werewolves. no, the first one oh god, the first one had a half Valkyrie, half vampire who fell in love with the werewolf. But they'd all worked out for them and they had a lot of sex. All three. Uh, all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I'm reading them because yeah. they have sex. <laughs> sure. 
<laughs> you have to understand that, half, that part. I get half of my half of my Megan's uh, chats are her telling me about these books that she's reading, <laughs> and 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 these like these like role playing games that she plays with her phone. And I love it. They're like the, the highlight. Of They're my half day, that. The other half are me just like texting Gina at like two a.m. being like, Gina, what is life? <laughs> Gina, why are we here? <laughs> Just throwing it out there. Oh. <laughs> and and also like the 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 crabs books, like the the, the, the series of crabs books. There's so yeah. many. God, there's like eight of and, them now. And, and and the movies and the motion picture slugs. <laughs> Which I didn't know you don't like slugs. I was like, you guys should do I, slugs. I, slugs I, is so I, good. I, I, I and then you're slugs. like, oh, slugs. And I'm like, oh, well. The- I hate slugs. <laughs> well, that's like me with the movie Arachnophobia. Because I yeah. cannot stand spiders. So And yet so Julian Sands is in it. it. So I've seen Arachnophobia. <laughs> He's not even so in it that much. Gina, just to clarify. Do you you hate the the creature a slug? Exactly, yes. And by extension, the movie you do not care for mainly because it's focused on slugs with teeth. Yes, I mean I will watch it, and and if we decide we're going to cover it at some point, I I will be I will happily watch it again. But yeah, no, ugh, no, because it's the same director as uh oh fuck, pieces. what is that movie? Pieces, yes, it's yes. the same director's pieces. Yes, I, I who I, knows I, how many penises get ripped in that movie? <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen it so. No, I, I, I was laying Never on the grass and got up, and there was a slug hanging off of me, and I almost died. No, I haven't seen slugs. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Future I haven't episode. seen slugs. I haven't seen ticks. Oh, ticks um, is nasty. Ticks isn't even fun. It's too gross to yeah. be Yeah, the be, book slugs is, very, <laughs> is also very gross. Because unsurprisingly, it is. Because, I yeah, mean, it's a book just, called Slugs. There's just a subgenre that I missed out on entirely. I, I think Patrick. I think we need to in your in your schedule of different. Now that we're going to be doing movies more focused on categories and genres and then then franchises, I think we yes. need to do like animal attack movies. <laughs> I yes. think we can add stuff to that because I would yes. for sure love to to cover Grizzly. Yes, oh, Gri- Grizzly. So Gri- Grizzly. Grizzly. Is that the one where he like he like backhands someone in a in a in a sleeping bag yeah, that's pro- that's prophecy oh okay that's right prophecy. right right okay well we gotta talk about that too because i love that scene yeah that's prophecy Pro- also prophecy starring armand asante as a native american yeah, yeah. <laughs> prophecy might be a one and done because like nothing happens in the first half of that movie and then all of a sudden the bear starts attacking non-stop and you're like oh this is the movie i signed up for i didn't really care for this opening the plight of the, the plight of uh of environmentalists oh yeah <laughs> oh. there's a sequence at the very opening where he goes to visit like a tenement house and you're like oh yeah where are these people living what what how is this happening because it's just like out of fucking nowhere he's like hey you want to get out of this hell hole and i'm gonna send you up to the forest bring your your wife whom you do not know is pregnant up to eat some contaminated fish yeah, and they it's very, never solve that problem. They do in the book, which is just a novelization of the screenplay. Uh, How do they solve it? She loses the baby, and they get to oh. sidestep the entire what would happen to the baby. <laughs> is they're just like, I don't know. Uh, we've written ourselves into a corner here. We'll just have them we'll have the doctor <laughs> shake his head sadly at them. 
Uh, uh, but yeah, that whole movie starts out with just like, aren't the cities evil? Cities are so oh, <laughs> but the woods have deformed bears, so maybe the city is better after all. De- deformed standing bears, standing rigid straight. One of those bears being the uh, the director of Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Really? Oh. Wow. Okay, I'm I'm getting a signal from my mm. son. He looks like he's either eating a banana or he's cutting me across my throat. I'm not sure, <laughs> but it's a signal that we need mm. to end. So uh, that that's it until next month, which will be our choice, and we're going to talk about Verat Vertica. Verotica? Verotica. Oh I, my Verotica. God. If we, if we live through this plague, we we will rise even stronger <laughs> to talk about Verotica. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So until next time, for myself, for Gina, and for Megan. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.